This is Cambridge Judge Business School's online knowledge centre with expert commentary, analysis and insights into the issues of the day. An introduction to the essential dynamics of competing in the Islamic finance industry is the title of an executive education programme being staged in Cambridge, Dubai and London. The aim, says Kamal Munir, is to explain and explore the underlying forces of the Islamic finance environment, a sector that is growing at a dramatic rate, outstripping any competition. Currently, Islamic banking assets stand at 1.7 trillion US dollars. The growth rate is such that a figure of 6.5 trillion is predicted by 2020. Dr. Munir feels that the achievement by Islamic banks as they weathered the financial crisis better and outperformed all conventional banks has triggered discussion of the nature of the conventional system overall and the risk it entails. It's attracted great interest in conservative and much safer Islamic finance. The programme is aimed at a broad cross-section from seasoned bankers to wealth and growth fund managers to those already working in the sector and to the newcomers keen to learn more of the differences between Islamic and conventional banking. Islamic finance imposes certain constraints on how conventional finance works. For example, the first thing that it does is it disallows usury. So, for example, you may have heard all the debates about Wonga and so on and so forth. This debate would not be taking place you know, in an Islamic finance context because it simply disallows lending money to people who have fallen on hard times and thus exploiting their uh, misfortune. It does not allow interest because, you know, you're a big bank, you're lending to me and charging interest. What exactly are you doing? In Islamic finance, you have to do some work in order to make some return. So you must share risks. So there is no interest. The second thing it prohibits is speculation. So you cannot simply speculate, um, you know, how markets will behave and bet on that, um, you know, two years from now or three years from now or even six months from now. So you can, in Islamic finance, you can only sell what you own. What you do not own, you're not allowed to sell. Finally, it also... Um, makes sure that you only invest in ethical or noble causes. So anything unethical, anything socially responsible is not allowed. You cannot invest in that. So there are certain very strict constraints that Islamic finance puts on the conventional financial model. And which, of course, you know, is regardless of the profitability potential of um, all these things. Islamic finance seems to have weathered the financial crisis of the last few years. Why do you think that is? Well, I mean, it comes back to speculation not being allowed in Islamic finance and excessive risk not being allowed. So one of the things that uh, really caused the crisis was excessive leverage on part of uh, conventional investment banks. And uh, you can make tremendous returns by leveraging you know, uh, yourself 30 times, 40 times and so on. But you're also exposing yourself to vast amounts of risk in that. In Islamic finance, that is not allowed. So it's more conservative, but it's also much safer. So they weathered the storm much, much better. They outperformed all conventional banks uh, by a great margin. There's no doubt that Islamic finance is growing at a terrific rate. It's impossible to measure it because the figures aren't available. Why do you think that is? And and do you think that growth rate will continue? Well, I think uh, after the financial crisis, a number of people have started thinking about the nature of the financial system and uh, what kind of risks it entails. And uh, thus a number of uh, regulators as well as uh, ordinary savers or uh, customers have started gravitating towards some sort of a model which is more sensible, which is more ethical, uh, which is fairer and which takes 
fewer risks. And thus, a lot of people have been coming towards Islamic finance. Uh, people like, um, or institutions such as IMF and uh, and so on, have been publishing papers on how it provides a much more stable uh, financial system. Was Islamic finance tainted at all by the BCCI scandal, which is now well in the past? I am not so sure about that. In fact, you know, even if it is, it shouldn't be because it just so happened that BCCI came out of an Islamic country, which was Pakistan, but then it quickly spread to about 60 different countries, regardless of whether they were Islamic or not. The banking model in BCCI was pretty much in the conventional uh, model. Uh, so yes, I mean, there was an association with an Islamic country and it rapidly rose to become, you know, a, a big bank. But that is where the similarities really ended. Let's look at the Islamic finance program. Now, what exactly does it cover? Islamic finance program will uh, provide an introduction to Islamic finance and banking. Um, it will also cover the whole product profile uh, in Islamic finance. It will also talk about uh, various models that are used in Islamic finance. And, um, and, and of course, it will also talk about strategy and innovation in the context of uh, Islamic markets or with respect to Islamic finance. Who do you want to see signing on the dotted line saying I'm going to be there? Well, I think uh, it's the program should benefit a number of people, uh, starting from bankers, uh, both from Islamic and conventional banks, and uh, also includes investment bankers, uh, fund managers, uh, central bankers, um, uh, regulators, and um, simply people who have or do not have anything to do with Islamic finance markets, but simply wish to know more and want to enter uh, this you know, fast, fast, rapidly developing uh, category. The reason why it's being held in different locations is, first of all, to cater to the needs uh, of various people who are located and working in those parts of the world. And secondly, for us to also explore different opportunities that different parts of the world offer in the context of Islamic finance. Thank you very much. This programme was produced by Cambridge Judge Business School as part of its online broadcast series.